0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to our weekly podcast with the boys, Patricia, Hello. and Benny. Hey there. Patricia, it's just an honor for you to be here. Episode 148. Uh we got we got a ton to talk about and uh uh this this is this is this is incredible. How have you been, I Patricia?
1: I won't, I won't be keeping up the accent. <laughs> <laughs> it shan't be happening
0: for those who are um, listening at home you've got to go check out the YouTube video uh, Connor has a very amusing profile picture this week since his yeah, internet doesn't work so well
1: because yeah, my internet's absolute dog shit um, <clears throat> uh, we just thought we'd forego my video for this week instead of just getting to halfway through YouTube getting frustrated and being like please just turn off your video
0: <laughs> <laughs> just preempt it yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, guys. Thank, thanks, everyone, for tuning in this week. What an episode we've got! June pictures. Oh, Connor's been waiting a long time for this one. Denny Villeneuve has given us his first taste of the film. Sam Raimi's also made a confirmation on Doctor Strange Two. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, and later on in the episode, we've also going to be going through, uh, some of our favorite nineties sci-fi horror that we've been watching in quarantine. Um, and, uh, folks, uh, subscribers, thanks. Thanks always for listening in. We, we love, we love, uh, seeing the numbers grow. Um, and, uh, thanks for last week. That was really nice to see. Uh, I really wanted to just say, um, We've got an awesome episode of a new show coming up later this week, um, which we've decided to title Creators. Uh, sounds pretty lofty, but we've got our boy, Dane Howitz, who's previously been on the show. He's such a nice dude, incredibly artistic, uh, worked on Alien Covenant, um, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, a ton of stuff. And he, we, we, Connor and I dialed him in and had about a two-hour chat with him, talked about his short film. Uh, talked about just no ner- and then you know just nerded out talked about Star Wars where that was at. So it's a really, really fun piece. And um you know Dane's trying gonna hook us up with a few other creative people because uh you know really this show is about Going behind the scenes, talking to these people, how did they get to where they are in in the movie industry, and and their love and passion, and and it's yeah, it's kind of like a bit more of a Joe Rogan-y kind of um, vibe on it. So yeah, ton of fun. Um, uh, so look out for that one later in the week. Thanks, Dane, for coming on that. But, yeah, before all the, the news, before we get into the 90s stuff, let's catch up on what everyone's been watching. I'm going to keep talking here. I'm going to take, take over here. Benny, I decided to watch Matrix Revolutions for the first time in a very, very long time. And um, it was so interesting. Uh, I, I was just in awe of this film uh, at the at the beginning, like this was, I was like, "Wow, the Wachowskis on another level, on another level." The world building, the steampunky vibe, the themes—you know, it, the the giant rave orgy—dope, mm-hmm. dope, so good. Disappointing. Did you this skip film. Reloaded? What What did I say? What did I say? Uh, did you say Revolution? Okay, I meant reloaded. I meant two. Okay. I'm sorry. Right, I meant, right, right. I meant, I meant yeah. reloaded. I, I was meant trying to revolutions. Rack my brain for I right. meant revolutions. That's sorry. a weird watch order. Um, uh, so, because so, I've seen the first one so many times, I don't really need to re watch that. So, I was just like, I'll jump in a number two and then dial in number three. So, I'm watching this film and it just feels like it, it goes off this cliff and and it becomes so uninteresting and this goes and there's this big fight scene it's it's incredibly technically it's a masterful achievement you know those highway scenes it's amazing and um, the architect at the end there's some fun stuff in there but it gets so sluggish under its own weight and it and it made me realize you know i'm look i'm interested to see i'm gonna watch number three for next week so stay tuned for that but um, it's, it really highlighted to me, you know, I've always considered Matrix One an incredible, incredible achievement of cinema. And maybe we'll be talking about this later in our segment. Um, and, and the sequels are, are, are fun and they, they build out the world and, and stuff, but they're, they're really, they're, they're not that great. Uh, they don't
1: feel as though they have the same level of substance that the first one had. I mean, the first one... I mean, a lot of people really enjoyed it because of the technical achievements, because of like the filmmaking achievements, but there's a really solid story and a really solid like, um, you know, kind of plot behind it. And I feel like the second and third one kind of played a little bit too much into the the um, kind of, hey, look over here, look, look, it's guns doing cool things. Like, let's do more slow-mo stuff and less, let's really kind of thoughtfully build out the concept.
0: And Benny, I directed that towards you because you know you love that trilogy so much, and I want to love this so much. you know I want to love every single ounce of animatrix, but I like a couple of them. I want to love the Matrix trilogy, but I, I really only love the first one. Um, like uh, like what are your, what, what's, what do you love about um, the, the sequels and, and the whole trilogy because you, you articulate or you have a really interesting take on it all, I feel.:
2: No pressure. Um,
0: yeah, you definitely (laughs) haven't said anything
2: wrong there, George. Um, the, 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 the sequel films and, you know, they're very much one production, um, apart from that first film, um, they are so, uh, bloated and, um, clearly going in all these directions that the, the Wachowskis just felt they finally had the clout to, to take it, that they, they clearly didn't didn't try with that first film, which as a result made something much more commercial. Um, and I, I I kind of appreciate that insanity of the sequels. Like I won't like, I think that the first matrix is absolutely in contention for like the best film of all time. I think it's a, a, a absolute masterpiece. Um, and this, the second two films. I just, I don't think approach that, at all as a whole, I think um, elements of them, of course, are as strong as that first film, but, but there's, there's, there, there's just nothing else like them. Um, I, I think that second one, especially that one, I really, when I, when I watched it a couple of years ago, when I was doing a, a trilogy rewatch, I, that one really stood out to me as kind of underappreciated of the three. Uh, when I just watched them again last year, the third one actually did that for me. So,
3: okay. um,
2: yeah, I, I don't even know what I think you, you're just looking for different things at different times. But um, totally the sec, the second one at the very least is is an unbelievable action film. Hundred um, percent. The the stuff they do in that movie is uh, it's it's the, the the top of the of the trilogy I think
0: in that one yeah, regard. And some of the characters, the dreadlock dudes, they're very iconic. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that really sticks out as as very key parts of the matrix sort of pop culture or universe um and and Hmm. that that fight scene with the the you know hundreds of agent smiths you know everyone thinks about that couple shots where he's swinging around the pole and yeah it does look like a ps2 game for sure but other than that that is a really amazingly put together fight sequence and there's a
2: couple of dodgy bits i think that's so great though overall
0: Oh, oh, there's hundred percent. There's 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 four or five dodgy bits, but other than those, it's incredible. And and, and the camera movements in general, uh, it's just so much width and 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 care and presentation to the cho- choreography. Um, you can't. It's undeniable from that perspective.
2: The back end of that movie where Neo's doing his little Superman fly, trying to get uh, trying to get Trinity. Um, and the cars, just uh, this is maelstrom behind him because he's pushing himself so far. That is potentially the most iconic image of that whole trilogy for me, which is saying something for a movie
0: that follows the mm. Matrix of all things. Incredible shot. Incredible shot. So that was uh, really me this week. I, I watched a lot of 90s sci-fi, as I said earlier. But uh, Benny, did you watch anything this week in quarantine?
2: Uh, yeah I, I just working my way up to the 90s I watched a, uh, an 80s classic that, that is um, very much in the conversation as potentially my favorite film of all time and that is et the extraterrestrial from, mm. from old Spielberg um, and I, I can safely say that um, not not a not a m- any amount of the the sheen has torn off that film for me Um and I, I, I can absolutely cop to that being like any percentage of just nostalgia because it's a movie I watched uh, probably daily when I was of a certain age. Um, but it, it, to me, it is still just like utter cinematic perfection. Um, apart from from one or two um, less than convincing uh, composition shots at the very end of the film, I think it's a, a technical masterpiece. Uh, but most of all, just through and through a... Uh, a storytelling, an emotional masterpiece. Um, my God, it absolutely eviscerates me at the end there. Um, mm. I, I think it is unfortunately one of those movies that if you've never seen it, it would be kind of hard to, to get into it now, even though I really do think it genuinely is like kind of a cinematic masterpiece. Um, There's very
1: few films from like the seventies, eighties, maybe even nineties that I've come across that doesn't hold a certain level of you had to be there. I mean, there's some on on the tippy top, and you could probably argue that ET's in there, um, but you know, so much of uh, particularly sci-fi because they're they're um, obviously pushing the edges of what's possible to put on film. Um, you know, it's you just need to kind of keep in mind the context of when it was created.
2: Yeah, and I I guess. Thinking about it, I would say that people could come across it now and and absolutely agree that it that it is you know a fantastic film, but there is something so indefinably extra added by the relationship I personally have with it. You know, just having watched it in those formative times um, and just getting all of these like sense memories flowing back um, from it, it makes it something very special. I think we all have all have those movies.
0: Yeah, in um, childhood. Another, Brave little toast. And then that, that one (laughs) made me cry like a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And another um,
2: fun thing that really stood out for me on this, on this rewatch, it's been a a few years, was that, um, it's kind of a well-known story at this point now that the, um, the script for ET was originally intended as a, as a horror movie um, called night skies um, uh, about, you know, kind of alien invasion stuff. And, Man, the, the final product is not that in any measure, but God, it really is so eerie and creepy at points. Um, I can mm-hmm. understand why so many people have a legitimate fear of ET, the creature, because um, it's it's um, it's not like many kids' movies today.
0: I have a confession. Never seen You've it. Never seen ET. Never seen ET.
2: Yeah, well, I'd like to hear what you think of it if you give it a go because you're someone who list. I would expect to not necessarily get much out of it, but I'd be interested.
0: You don't think i get much out of it?
2: No, you don't like good You a soulless <laughs> husk of a man. <laughs> You'd rather watch Event Horizon. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes, I
0: would. Yes, I would.
2: <laughs> uh, um, I also watched, uh, after our zombie episode, funnily enough, Shaun of the Dead with someone who had uh, amazingly never seen it. Wow. Funny. Um that that is such a classic, that film. Um there's definitely some level of you know, it being a almost 20 year old comedy where you've seen it a bunch of times. It's never gonna be as funny as as the first few times. But um it is it really is a, a wonderfully put together movie and it, it's so so clearly that point between Edgar Wright making Space, the TV series, and the, all the cinematic stuff he did after that, it's such an, a clear kind of leaping off between those.
0: Uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz for me are two. They could be in my top 10, top 20 favourite films. I just adore them. And Edgar Wright, he has technically become a, a better filmmaker, uh, but... You know those films just—they are timeless for me, and I can never get over them. What was the person who who saw it for the first time? What was their reaction to Shaun of the Dead? That's what I'm curious about.
2: Mm. Oh, loved it! Uh, absolutely yeah. loved it. I don't—I don't think you could really come away from that movie. The—the one—the point I really remember noticing, which is I think a pretty ubiquitous reaction to when this happens in a film. Um, basically, they were like, "Oh, this movie just got ten times better." Um, and I think people out there might have already guessed it's the moment when Bill Nye shows up because yeah. I had that exact reaction watching um, Anna uh, earlier this year. Um, <laughs> uh, I also rewatched watched uh, Train to Busan. I really need to reiterate on this episode that you guys need to see that movie because yeah, it is uh, potentially the best zombie movie um, of all time. Uh, Go check out the
0: movie episode from last week. <laughs>
2: uh, just, sorry, just to circle back to, um, to Edgar Wright have either of you guys rewatched uh, world's end um, since the
0: cinema? I watched it one um,
1: time. I think I've watched, I have a feeling I've watched it twice because I was a lot more sympathetic towards that film. I like, go a lot less <clears> harsh <throat> on that film than a lot of people, a lot of people really disliked it. And I thought it was like, it was pretty funny. It obviously wasn't on the level of hot fuzz or, um, or uh Shaun of the dead, but um, it was definitely serviceable.
0: I definitely got more out of it on the second viewing, but I do think that film kind of falls apart and it really doesn't, you know, end-to-end Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz are brilliant films mm. and uh, that one kind of doesn't get the whole way there. Yeah, well, it's a real bummer when you've got
2: a a, a trilogy of sorts where the first one is good, the second one is, I would say, better, and the yep. third one is Quite a bit worse than both of them. Yeah, Um, that's a real sour way to end that.
0: Uh, It's devastating. Yeah, I I wish he'd never done it. I wish he'd never done it. Damn. Just leave the Cornetto trilogy. It's like it's just like this mythic thing that's never to be answered. This unknowable (laughs) trilogy. (laughs) And like the first two are fucking incredible. And like that, leave it that, Go, Baby Driver. He's done all this other stuff. Awesome. Perfect.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I also rewatched a movie with some friends that I won't um, up on about because the Lord knows I've chewed you guys' ears off about it. But uh, Game Night with uh, Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams,
3: Ooh, um, Man That
2: Stands, is one of my absolute favorite films. If you haven't checked out Game Night because you think it looks like a really dumb comedy, which the trailers did make it
0: kind of look like, uh, it's well worth a watch. No, you you saw me on that one. That was a good one. Mm. Uh, good watching, Connor. Let's get a report in, bro.
1: Um so speaking of Vega right, um I watched uh, Baby Driver with uh, yeah, it and it was a very strange thing to do. Um considering spacey, spacey yeah, and mm. you know it's one of those things where like the question has been asked by a lot of people um you know, particularly since the me too movement, which is that can you separate art from the creator, right? Like, you know, does the actions of that, of Kevin Spacey ruin the film? And I got to say, like, the movie is so good that you kind of forget, like, you don't think about the actors that are behind those roles. Um, And I'm really glad that that's the case because I'd have hated for this movie to get ruined for me um, because the movie as a whole is so excellent. Mm. Um, I really, really, really appreciate that film. Um, and it is, um, it's, it's just so much fun to kind of think that Edgar Wright took a different tact with this film in the sense of.
0: Oh, there he goes.
1: The, out scene the soundtrack in mind.
0: You dropped out yeah, for a second. It's, sec. it's going to
1: come in and out guys. Sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Ooh. hello. But, um, so like yeah. a southeasterly wind, it's kind of buffers <laughs> through.
1: This is this is gonna be it for the rest of the episode. I I am counting down the days until I can get this internet buggered off. You um, said that last week, dude. It's it meant to happen end, end of April. End of April is when they're saying it's it the new internet's gonna come in. All right, all right. It's still mid April. I'll let it slide. Oh, I know. Um. Anyways. <laughs> Baby Driver, good movie.
0: <laughs> Baby Driver, good movie. <laughs> Baby Driver, good movie. <laughs> I can tell that I'm good. <laughs> good cover, Benny. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs>
1: Baby Driver, um, good movie. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I don't think I've seen a Kevin Spacey film since uh, all of this happened. Did you see the so Five Place one? Baby Driver.
0: Right. The what? The, the Five Place video. video.
2: Oh, God, the the, um, House of Cards things. No, I'd never watched any of that shit. I was not interested. I got the impression.
1: I'm I'm back. Let's just... um, I I watched uh, the uh, first at least couple um, episodes of Fleabag um, after Ben gave it such a glowing review. Um, You know, I I really enjoyed it. Um, It's not my particular style of comedy in that, like, Really, I I have difficulty with the really awkward comedy. Um, I just find mm. it
0: awkward. I don't like. I don't find it particularly funny. Um, but you like the Canadian thing? That's what the most Canadian awkward shit I've. Jitterbug or whatever it's called. Letter you're talking about letter Letterkenny, Kenny. which is that's, not awkward no, comedy at all. It's
1: not awkward comedy at all.
0: <laughs> that's the that's terrifying. <laughs> what are you
1: on about? Um, so, but I mean, you know, I think that if there's a strong enough concept behind it.
2: Um, what, which what, I can confirm there is, uh, so make sure to finish off the uh, season. What,
0: what, what is Take, awkward comedy? Like, how is it awkward?
2: It's like uh, you're having a conversation with yeah, someone and they keep dropping out, That's kind awkward. of awkward.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Almost right. that awkward. Fuck this is going to be terrible. It's happening every like 20 seconds.
0: <laughs> Patricia, get it sorted. Are you on 4G? Yeah.
1: Damn. The dead honestly, zone. Honestly, it is literally like this this building out of everywhere. Like I walk out of this building it's fine, but this it, one building
0: is fucked. <laughs> you have to go on your motorbike and go to a little like hill <laughs> near your house. <laughs> Um yeah, so fleabag, huh? Is that a recommend for me, Connor? Yeah.
1: Uh no, nothing else. Continue, please, quickly.
0: Okay. <laughs> well listen, this week we actually did get a little bit of news, uh which was quite fun. Wow. The world keeps on turning. Benny, why don't you enlighten us, bro?
2: Yeah, stuff is still very slowly trickling out of Hollywood. Um, 90% of it is this and that has been delayed. We've only shot a quarter of this. Um, this will be postponed indefinitely. Uh, but we did get something we've been anticipating a lot, which is the first uh, images from Dune. Um Started out with oh, a, yes. one, one little picture of uh, Timothy Chalamet and then followed the next day by uh, a bunch of the cast members in costume uh, on set. Um, what do you guys think of this?
1: I cannot describe how on board i am with this i am so fucking excited um dune was one of those books that i read pretty early on like as a kid and was always like i cannot wait until i make a movie of this and i never watched the um the what is it finch that did the 80s 70s whatever the whenever the fuck they did it
0: david um david lynch um, yeah yeah with sting
1: yeah lynch sorry um, and, uh, yeah, I never watched that cause I just felt like this was such a visual movie and I didn't want shitty eighties, you know, special effects to, to not do this movie justice. Um, you're
2: very picky for someone who could not wait for a movie to be made.
1: <laughs> well, but that's the thing, right? Like it was, <clears throat> I want it to be made, but I want to, I want the technology for it to be made correctly. Um, and you know, just the the image that I had in my head, and the the kind of just the visual style of storytelling. I know that I I dropped that again, didn't I? No, you're here.
2: <laughs> you're paranoid god. now. Welcome. Yeah, I am,
1: because <laughs> I can see you guys on the video starting to like edge out, and then I'm like, oh god, it's no, you're,
2: you're of- just being kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, kidding! Oh,
1: kidding! Carry on. Well, you still I have can. a really sad face on now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's just the, the, um, Come on, Patricia, pick the, it up. The, the really. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: just the visual style of storytelling made me really, really want to see this on a big screen, It made me want to really like. Yeah, I just I I I needed this, and these pictures, honest to God, are like everything that I needed.
0: Because it's interesting what you say, and and it was it was funny. I read a little. There's a little bit of backlash on these. Uh, photos because people are saying, you know, hey, look, it looks cool. It's got that Villeneuve-like Apple design seal of approval, that beauty to it, that minimalism to it. But like, is th- this isn't June like kind of colorful and and you know, this is quite a muted sepia tone to it. You know, it's it's not uh, rich in color. You know that that David um, that David Lynch one is is very fantastical and, and has uh, a very saturated look to it. And this seems to be a, a very stark contrast. You know, I, I love it. I thought that I was blown away and I was surprised when I read these things. But, you know, it's interesting when you have that expectation, you know, do these, you know, is, you know, is there sort of more of a lukewarm... Um, response to it from, you know, I'm just curious with yourself, Connor, of somebody who's read the book, yeah. you know, is, I mean, is there any truth to that from your perspective? It's been a while
1: since I've read the book um, and I don't, I, I, nothing really jumps out at me as having need for any particular kind of color um, in, in that sense. Like in, in, in the photos that I saw, there was nothing that kind of like jumped out at me as like, Oh, this can't be, like that can't be Paul Atreides. Like it just couldn't. You know, it looks totally different. Um, you know, in in terms of certain artistic liberties, I'm I'm okay with Villeneuve putting on his own stamp. Like I don't want it to be a carbon copy or or like a the stylings to be a carbon copy of David Lynch's um, Dune. Um, so I, yeah, I I just don't get that. Um, okay. I think I need to re- reread the book before it comes out. Maybe, maybe there's something I've forgotten. Um, in particular, about like you know, in relation to those photos, but I don't think there is.
0: Benny, what was your take?
2: Um, I didn't have much to be honest. I have so little relationship with June. I, literally, all I know is like Sting and Kyle McLaughlin and their crazy hair, and it's about spice and worms. Um, to me, this is more another um denis movie coming another sci-fi one which is really cool um i can't really get too worked up about it though um before i see a little more i think
0: do you guys remember if this is one film or is this one of a trilogy or something it's i think it was two two. Mm -hmm. yeah
1: because um villeneuve made special comment that he wasn't going to try and do this in one because the world was so big and the story was so um rich that he was like i'm not going to try and shove this all into one
0: movie yeah, okay, it is the first of a planned two part adaptation of the novel. We'll cover roughly the first half of the book. Okay, cool. Very interesting. I hope you got
2: them to guarantee that they're making that second one before the first one comes no out. No fucking because... way, they're going to pull a plug
0: on that shit.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, it's going to blade the run of the shit out of their bank account. Hmm. Uh, But yeah, I'm super excited for this. Cannot wait. I have, as I'm unlike you, Benny, I have no relationship to June, but um, I've always been so fascinated. I've always kind of. Like when I was a kid, I loved the solar system, like I was obsessed with it, like, and, and Mars was always one of those planets that really stood out and was one of my favorites, uh, and anything related to that has always kind of intrigued me, even you know, even John Carpenter, ghosts of Mars, you know, even those that kind of terrible sci-fi, naughty sci-fi, you know, I love that stuff. Mission to Mars love that stuff. so um, that that really kind of pulls me in to, to June, and I'm, I'm very, very excited, so uh, yeah. Then How about John go.
2: Carter of Mars, Georgie? That was horrible. <laughs> that was really
0: horrible. Yeah. Well, I wanted, hopefully this
2: isn't one of those.
0: Again, wanted to love it.
2: Couldn't. But there was nothing to love.
0: could <laughs> um, Sam
2: Raimi, you mentioned George, has let slip very casually in an interview that he is attached officially to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, which is not really new information, but the confirmation is new, so that's good to hear we were all pretty, uh, pretty happy
0: with the idea of this. Yeah. Very happy. Very, very, yep. very happy. I think that what really intrigues me about this, and we've discussed this a couple of times before when, you know, his name has been kicking around for a while, this is basically guaranteed, but you know, Sam Raimi is, has so much pedigree attached to his name. Um, he's one of those sort of veterans of the game. Uh, to see somebody like him who, who actually helped really shape the comic book genre with the Spider-Man trilogy, you know, for him to kind of cycle back and come into the Marvel machine, you know, that that's a really interesting move. We've had so many Marvel directors over the years that are kind of on their third feature, fourth feature, and they come into the Marvel machine. They're a little bit green. You know, we've got, we've got a very established director here and it's going to be, Intriguing uh, to see how much of his fingerprints is on it at the end, because you know Taika Waititi is all over Thor Ragnarok. Um, that I'm really intrigued about that because I do love his sensibilities. Uh, yeah, fun, fun.
2: Yeah, Raby had a strong a strong sense of himself and his his own filmmaking sensibilities on the on the Spider Man trilogy, the original one. Really interesting to see if this movie feels like those in any way. Um, I really hope it's not something more generic like Oz the Great and the Powerful, which I, I was really no. quite woeful.
0: Please no. Yeah.
1: I'm really interested to see how he's going to fit into that overall hierarchy. Um, I think that there's you know, there was obviously some friction the last time that he was on a Marvel movie, um, mm. because you know, he felt as though choices were, you know, put on him. Um and you know, for all of the great things that the Marvel universe has done, you know, it, it obviously has quite a tight grip on, on, I guess, what goes forward in these films, at least from a, you know, broad strokes kind of um, viewpoint. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Raimi, you know, you know, fits into that and whether there's those kind of conflicts that kind of arise again.
0: But you know what's so interesting, and this is a bit of a spoiler for Creators Episode 1 coming out later this week. Dane, he, he um, was working on Shang-Chi uh, before coronavirus came and coroned that one. Um, he was saying how surprised he was at how much flexibility he had at marvel and he, he kind of was he he kind of was anticipating the, the the whole thing that we always talk about the marvel machine and in fact he actually had a quite a different experience on that so you know does that lean into the sort of narrative of hey taiko atiti's films feel like taiko atiti the russo brothers films feel like russo brother films you know yes they're all in the marvel universe but you know there is that leniency there um, I'm, I'm excited. Mm. I'm excited from that perspective. And I'm also just excited to see a, a Doctor Strange film that has a bit more of a fucked up edge to it or a horror edge or whatever Sam Raimi can bring to the table because <clears throat> it seems very suited.
1: That was initially the idea with the previous director. I, I can't remember his name now, um, was going to bring a more horror edge to it. And I, I thought that uh, Marvel in general kind of shut it down.
0: Yeah. What was his name? Um, Scott God, Derrickson. That's it. That's um, yeah, it is, well, I think, we, I think what get least, pay the big bucks, Benny,
2: <laughs> I think what is encouraging about this one at least is, um, five on record is as, as saying that Dr. Strange is a, a real passion project of his. I mean, that's why we have a goddamn movie of it as like a standalone Dr. Strange movie in the MCU, which is kind of nuts still. Um, and also, uh, Sam Raimi is, is a fan, um, this whole confirmation came about because he was asked about um, referencing Doctor Strange in Spider-Man 2. Um, uh, just a fun little connection. But um, he, he mentioned that that was a particular favourite character of his too. So surely, because this is a really odd pairing of, um, you know, this director coming into to this franchise um, at this time, so I really do hope that it has kind of arisen out of uh, just her kind of mutual passion. Um, it, surely they must be agreeing on something at this point.
0: Dollar bills. That's what they're Yes, he has not made a movie All in too right. long. Let's be honest with each <laughs> other.
2: Uh, speaking of dollar bills, um, Robin Hood, Disney's Robin Hood, the 1973 animated movie that um, birthed, a million furries over the world um, <laughs> is getting a live action uh, remake for, for Disney plus. Um, so it's being written by the woman who wrote the, um, the lady and the tramp remake. Um, I really hope that means this movie is going to be another one where they just use actual animals and then make their mouths move. Cause I think that'd be very funny for a Robin Hood film. Um, Connor, you, you quite like this movie film, don't you? The original,
1: um, the original Disney one. Yeah. Um, yeah look i mean i've there's a soft spot in my heart for most of uh those disney animated films i don't think there's one that i can think that comes to mind that i don't like or that i the black cauldron uh i do enjoy that i I like that film
2: wow (laughs) all right you're the one (laughs)
1: um yeah i don't know i just i don't I, i don't think i take the movies too seriously and therefore you know, what am I going to do? Be a kid that's like overly critiquing these films. <laughs> um, at any rate, um, yeah, look, I just, uh, I'm not a fan of the remix in general. Um, I feel like if you are going to, you know, reimagine these, they sh- should a- actually be reimagined. You know, bring something to the table that is unique, that hasn't been done before, that, you know, um, and the concept of doing another Robin Hood film when there's already three or four out there just doesn't ring my bell at all. Like it just not interested.
0: Yeah, I mean, like it's one of those tale is all this time things. Like we're always gonna get more Robin Hood, to so always gonna get more Batman, to so always gonna get more Shakespeare. It's just one of the, some of those things that are uh, kind of intrinsic in human nature and also in pop culture or culture in general. But So I don't really have qualms with another Robin Hood coming through. Um, I, I, I think, Benny, the idea that that it can be more animal, you know, the animals, uh, yeah, fuck, let's do it. Am I going to watch this movie? No way. No way <laughs> in hell.
1: What, what is good about seeing a live-action animals? Like, you know, we all hated Lion King. I,
0: I just don't want to... No, because
2: s- yeah. Lady and the Tramp was actual animals is what I was saying. We got the Ridley Uh, Scott,
0: Russell Crowe, Robin Hood in like 2010. We got the other one not too long ago with... um, Taryn Egerton. You know,
1: like... I mean, you know, say what you want about the Taryn Egerton one and it wasn't a good film, but at least it (laughs) tried to bring something somewhat novel to the table, right? Like, it wasn't just stock standard. Yeah
0: but but you know where it all falls apart is like you know the disney the disney control comes in and and, and you know I, I actually when i think about it my suggestion of doing the cgi animals that's going down the lion king route you know what yeah. is this this is going to be a monstrosity so <laughs> I, I don't even know what i'm talking about at this right <laughs> at, at like we yeah. we have evidence that so that doesn't work i think overall just burn it um, but I don't have a problem with another Robin Hood being made. I have more of a problem with Disney doing these remakes and just kind of regurgitating them in this machine. That it's just kind of a bit icky.
1: Yeah. Again, like I it, again, it's not necessarily the, them taking Robin Hood, but if they would have to do something particularly interesting with it, and if I, if you look at the story in the original Disney film, there's nothing particularly original about that. And if the, their gimmick is to just do the um you know kind of shot for shot like they did with Lion King and the CGI you know, foxes and rhinos and all that kind of shit. Then I mean fuck me, what are we even doing here?
0: Is there a cool like Mulan esque Game of Thrones Robin Hood out there in the world, you know? Yeah, we went directed searching. by Ridley
1: Scott. It came out like 10 years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, but was it like Never a better it. version of that one, you know?
1: <clears throat> what was actually wrong with that film?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know but everyone hated it. I saw it.
1: it. That's the, exactly Russell right. Russell Crowe is very strange bad.
0: casting for Robin Hood. Somebody told me it was bad and I was but like, again, that movie's bad. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> no, because like, I mean, look, that movie, you know, I had not seen a Robin Hood that took on that particular style before. I like Ridley Scott. I like, uh, you know, I like what he did with the story um, or, or at least at the very least with the aesthetic of it. Um, and, you know, I was on board, you know, the people that are saying, oh, you know, um, Russell Crowe isn't a good Robin Hood. He's a fucking fictional character. Like he's folklore. You can oh, make him out you. to be just about anything.
0: Robin Hood's you know, real AF. If- he's, he's real in my <laughs> mind. <laughs> yeah sorry i really derailed yeah. that
2: it's probably no, in I'm my just, top I... five ridley scott films just by virtue of either not having seen or severely disliking most ridley scott films <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do you do you not like ridley scott at all i was just like a kind of
2: no i just i i just haven't connected just with like any of the movies that i've seen i like i quite liked all the money in the world couple years ago. Not only because uh, Kevin Spacey was just completely eradicated from it, which is hilarious.
0: Yeah, I still gotta check that one. You don't have to.
2: yeah no, I don't. <laughs> um yeah, anyway, back to this uh Disney Robin Hood one. Um it's like who are they, who are they making these for? Especially these like Is it lower gonna tier make a stack of modern, though? It's not because it's going to Disney Plus and it's Robin Hood. This isn't the Lion King. This isn't Beauty and the Beast. This is one of their like C, D, tier animated films, not in terms of quality, just in terms of um, marketability, how much they can sell it, unless they're really going to market this two furries and make a really sexy Robin Hood fox, because I think that's the only real market that cares about this movie too much, um, then I, I can't see the point at all. I think if they were to take a, a completely different direction with it, um, make it a full animated film, go kind of down more the Zootopia route, which is a really good movie, um, then maybe something interesting could be done. But if they're just making another stock standard robin hood except it's got you know cgi humanoid animals um then there's just there's nothing there
0: well you know disney disney knows how to ruin shit they ruined the ufc for me that was supposed to come this weekend and (laughs) and they told dana white not to and they're gonna ruin this so i i but i do agree with you bro zootopia is very underappreciated and i'm not really sure why it's not talked about more in terms of great animated films What do we got up next? Uh, there's some Star Wars stuff if you want to talk about it, but otherwise. Oh, man. What a. Come on. You got to set me up better than that. More Star Wars <laughs> news, hooray. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's just a quick one. Daisy Ridley has responded to the backlash of Rise of Skywalker. Um, she's basically said. Um, you know, like ninety-eight percent, it's so amazing. But this last film, it really was tricky. January was not that nice. It was weird. I felt like all the love we'd sort of been shown the first time around. I was like, "Where's the love gone?" And I think that's a pretty accurate sentiment of the overall trajectory of the the, the films. You know, this would, you know, uh, Force Awakens was Daisy Ridley's entry into Hollywood, and would have been her first feature and subsequently she's gone on to become you know a real heavyweight in the Hollywood scene uh but you know to to kind of get the last Jedi reaction and then this you know you have a bit of taste in the mouth and overall her experience of Star Wars whilst it definitely set off on a trajectory you know I'm I won't be surprised if she has that sort of all of these guys have this very dejected outlook on 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 Star Wars you know no one's really sort of in this generation sort of flying the flag. I think John Boyega seems very dejected, um, Oscar Isaacs, you know, you can see a lot of clips of him being totally sort of scaling towards the Disney machine. Um, yeah. It, it's, 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 it's just interesting to see from a Star Wars fan's perspective. Did, did you guys have any, any thoughts about this?
2: It's a shitty uh, place for her because She's been doing the same thing for all these. Like, she's been bringing her A game, doing a great job in all of these movies. I would imagine, you know, the day to day on the set of these things, you would never have any sense of how people are going to respond to it when it reaches the theaters. Um, so, you could be in the same position every time, you know, at the premiere. Like, what a great job we've done. Um, I hope everyone loves this. And the first time they did, and the second time, some of them did, some of them didn't, and the third time, oh, man, it seems like all the goodwill's run out. Um, it'd be a really disappointing way to cap all of that off.
0: Yeah, totally
2: agree.
1: Yeah, I, just, I, I couldn't care less about this. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just so... Metal. You know, I just think that <laughs> all this... ...additional news
0: about Star Wars is just... He's leaving out. me alone. Yeah. Fair enough, man. Yeah. Fair enough. I've just got to sandwich it in there, you know? All righty. Well, listen, as we've been doing the past couple of weeks, I've been really enjoying this. Last week we did some quarantine, some zombie movies to watch in quarantine, and this week I tasked everyone to uh, name or drop three of your favorites or, or maybe some new 90s sci-fi that have checked out recently or, or, or stuff that comes top of mind. Um, since I started this challenge, I... I'm going to kick this off first with a, a film. You know, I, you, know, you know, Benny, you said earlier, Event Horizon. You know, Event Horizon is one of my favorites. Um, you know, The Matrix, we were talking about that earlier. You know, these are some fantastic 90s sci-fi to get your, your um, eyeballs on. But, but I wanted to go a little bit in some other directions. So my first pick this week that I've never seen before, but always wanted to see is Galaxy Quest. Um, oh, whoa. you son of a bitch. Uh so you, 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 say you haven't list. seen Galaxy Quest? I've never seen Galaxy Quest.
1: What? Okay, I'm I'm a, I'm angry on two fronts. A, you've stolen one of my picks. Good. And B. <laughs> and That's... B, you haven't seen Galaxy Quest.
0: Yeah, no, I've never seen it before. And honestly, I had the most incredible time with this film. It became an absolute favorite of mine immediately. There's this one scene where they're piloting the ship and they're going out of the docking bay and it's just scraping against the (laughs) wall. He can barely pilot this thing. He's like wrestling with it. And I... My wife and I we were in tears with laughter. This is amazing comedy. You know, you know, Benny, we always talk about uh, how comedy is one of those things that can kind of fracture over the decades, but this one feels mm. like it's so lovingly pres- um depicting uh Star Trek. It, it's so, you know, this is cla- mm. this is always t- talked about as like this is the best Star Trek film. Um mm. so and you a great see see um
1: quote from Shatner saying that he wasn't planning on, I think it was Shatner that, uh, he wasn't planning on seeing it. Right. Cause he, he had heard that it was making fun of star Trek. Um, and I can't remember who it was that phoned him up and, and they said like, look, you need to watch this immediately. Uh, and he said, he watched and he he, he was laughing louder than anyone else. And I think that's the beautiful line that they walk, right? Like it's this kind of, it is a comedy, right? But it's also this brilliant, like fourth wall breaking sort of like, yeah, meta commentary on fandom and and you know the the insanity of of the star trek universe and yeah i, I love that movie i think it's brilliant and yeah every nice every, every ounce pick. of it <laughs> every ounce
2: of it's just kind of like oozing with with love for star trek like you can just hmm. feel it there with, with how much it knows the franchise and everything behind it um and and not to mention that george i i this is one i revisit a lot it was one of my absolute favorites when i was young um and i think it holds up so well as just as a like a sci-fi epic like the um the the ilm special effects oh and the the stan winston um kind of puppetry oh. and stuff is outstanding
0: incredible the bad guy in this is outstanding yeah, yeah. beautiful stuff like the attention to detail is incredible. Um, I, I think you touched upon something that was really um, interesting, Connor, in this, which was the the, the fandom, the commentary of fandom and mm. and how, you know, these things that for some people, you know, people in the pieces, like we're talking about Daisy Ridley, you know, she's probably very detached from Star Wars. Um, you know these actors who are sort of a little bit detached from their roles and whatnot, and and connecting with the fan base and these things are real. You know we we talk about we've nerded out. You know the reason why we started this podcast is because we fucking nerd out on movies all the time. Um, you know it's, mm. it's 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 infectious, and um, I just love that element and and the idea of these these creatures sort of this was their religion or this shapes themselves and and something fake can become something so real for somebody and it can really affect you and change you as a person um i i just loved that element to this film and I, I i thought that galaxy quest is out is just one of the most outstanding scripts uh it really it is spectacular. amazing stuff i was and how blown Alan away in oh man I the cast love him in that. amazing sigourney Alan. weaver yeah. Swani Weaver looks like an absolute babe in this. She is just stunning. <laughs> they got um, some
1: serious heavy hitters. Like I was you know, amazing. when I was rewatching this, I was kinda of like, yeah, like I was it seems like such an off to the side nineties like uh film. You know, sci fi would film. have been
2: such a hard sell. Oh, oh my god,
1: yeah. Like I like like meta gonna do this almost like... Star
0: Trek film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know how they got it off the ground, but um I God am I glad that they did.
0: And, and, you know, this was interesting. It's like what, what I loved about this film is I think out of all of my picks, this had to exist in this time because, you know, you couldn't have done this film in the 70s because there was no sci-fi mm-hmm. convention there was no of this sort of kind of vibe. It almost had
1: to be like late 90s as well. Like it had to yeah. be at the end of this period. Like they, they took, it was. it's kind of one of those movies that takes the entire genre and looks at what makes it fantastic, what makes it silly and kind of puts this like, let's make it larger than life.
0: This is kind of the fusion of comic cons, bringing in TV yeah. pop culture, film pop culture, comics, and this is kind of like you know now everyone's doing cosplay and stuff. But back then, you know, no, you know, you're a nerd if you were, if you. Mm. Um, I mean, you still are, but... stuff. yeah. I'm, I'm proud of it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Anyway, listen, I, I could talk about this movie for days. I, I'm just in love. Yeah. And the squid things? Can I just say the squid puppets? Oh my god! Amazing design. <laughs> amazing design. Yeah. Amazing design. Um, Connor, why don't you give us your first pick, man? Sorry for stealing that one.
1: Well, why don't I'm gonna I'm gonna shift some stuff around. I'm just gonna say Galaxy Quest as my first pick to kind sure. of keep on the con- continuity. Um, I think we just talked about that, Benny.
2: Um, I tried to watch a, a few um, few new things this week. And I've got a bunch of other stuff I'll name drop. Galaxy Quest was definitely on there. Um, I just watched, on the lead up to this, um, Sliced Alone in Demolition Man. Oh. Um, an extremely, extremely 90s... Um, Is this your first watch? ...action sci-fi. Uh, I think I'd caught bits of it, maybe the whole thing on TV, like two decades ago maybe, but um, definitely first proper watch in a long, long time. Um, man, it's... Uh, it's funny how uh, a movie can be like a an action sci-fi epic a couple of decades ago, and then just seem very quaint
0: all this all this time later. Yeah. <laughs> the world building um, with the society and whatnot it's it's really look, cute. It just it, feels it was. like
1: the quintessential '90s sci-fi of like that kind of lots of like gimmicks, like oh Taco Bell's a really fancy restaurant now. <laughs> like I just I I, I love that shit. <laughs>
2: And it kind of it kind of joins, um, I think, Total Recall sort of at just the the real end of an era because this is '93, mm. I think, really right before CGI just wrapped its throat right around the industry and, and took it off in a very different direction, um, where a lot of '90s movies have aged so poorly because they were they were jumping right in on that front. Um, this one holds up pretty well from a production standpoint, at least, because it's just all practical. I mean everything and it looks like a set, of course, but, um, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun, <laughs> but it's hard to find anything too specific to latch onto without any kind of nostalgia, because I don't think the movie really has much to say. Um, unlike total recall, which, you know, has all the, the heady Philip K. Dick stuff. This was pretty straightforward. Um, mm-hmm. and in terms of, you know, action spectacle, uh, fight choreography, witty dialogue, you've seen those done better, so many other times since then.
0: Um, but you. yeah,
1: it was, it was cute.
0: <laughs> no, man, I that. the that's line. probably the
1: best way to describe
0: it. <laughs> okay, a couple of things that I love about this film, and thank you so much for bringing this up um the first of which as i love the the at the beginning this film came out in 1993 and i love how they're in 1997 dystopia fire it's like blade runner it's like this is four years in the future guys this is 48 yeah. months like like may, maybe maybe i'm maybe th- maybe in 2024 shit will be fucked up at the rate we're going george so maybe has be-
1: <laughs> and we've been all relegated inside yeah. <laughs> there's like a mass pandemic outside this is All happened in the space of a month, and you're complaining about four. Imagine 48 more of these months. Demolition Man is our best case scenario. (laughs) What are you talking about?
0: That's brilliant. That's brilliant. But yeah, I always love that. And then also the time skip to go into the future. It's like 30 years or something, and it's a completely different society. Beautiful. Don't change it. I love it. That's what makes it special.
2: You know what my absolute biggest takeaway from the film was, and I was very happy to see Google back me up on it, was I typed in to Google um, demolition man uh, D just to see what the autofill said. And the first thing that came up was daughter. And so I clicked on that. The, the first article to pop up was, is Sandra Bullock Sliced Alones' daughter in demolition man? <laughs> <laughs> because they, they open this thread of him having a daughter in the time that he leaves from um, and then, he, he doesn't know whether to look her up and track down where she's gone. And Sandra Bullock's like, oh, we could you know, try and find out with the police technology. And they're just like, no, nah, I don't know. Don't worry about it. And then they just never address it again. And so it just it feels like a direction that was going to happen then didn't. I'm like, you know, like the, the law of conservation of characters. Mm, like yeah. you think it's got to be someone in the film, but there's only one woman in the film. I don't know. Very strange thread that they just never addressed at all. I'm glad to see other people were <laughs> thinking about it after the movie. <laughs> uh,
0: that's fantastic! Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Demolition Man, great pick. Uh, Wesley Snipes as well.
2: Awesome. He's terrific in it. He I don't know why he's dressed like Mario, but he's he's wonderful.
0: I don't care. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it. Um, okay, round number oh, sorry. two. Sorry, I, I got to do this. Oh, ben, are
1: you clicking a pen? <laughs> it's <No>. killing me. <laughs> uh, no, I, can't I wasn't. Clicking noise.
2: I have a pen, but it's
1: unclickable. Yeah. Okay. Maybe <laughs> Sorry. i losing my mind. Then. All right. Let's keep possibly. Going.
0: <laughs> um, we'll listen to the playback. We have this mm. all. We're all documented. Um, <laughs> my second pick was the faculty. Robert Rodriguez's film, The Faculty. Mm. Nice. Um, this is a film I've never seen before, uh, but it was such a fun kind of um, teen high school. Piece, you know, coming-of-age story wrapped in with a sci-fi invasion of the body snatchers kind of vibe. Had so much fun with this. I was really impressed. Um, Thought they were great characters. Really stacked cast. Elijah Wood. um, So many faces that you've seen before. The team one thousand from Hillary Swank. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a there's a bunch bunch of people bunch of actors in there what um, Usher. sure yeah usher usher cool. um josh harnett mm. uh, yeah mm. a bunch a bunch anyway i um i th- i just i really like this style of um kind of unraveling of a single situation you know it's you know, it's not unto a zombie film. You know, you're following these characters in this single situation. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just thought Robert Rodriguez is clearly extremely talented even at this early stage in his career. And I had a ball. I had a ball. Definitely not on the same level as Galaxy Quest, but um, awesome, awesome flick. And and, and great, um, really, really interesting practical effects at the end. Terrible CG, as well. mm. but some fun practical elements to it. Yeah, I caught
2: this one for the first time like last year. I think I brought it up on the podcast. I don't think you'd even heard of it, George, which surprised me because it always um, it I always noticed it. I, I think in like video stores and stuff on on the shelf, yeah. Um, but never caught it. I think it took me like two settings to get through, but it was definitely um, definitely uh, a fun little relic of its time. Hundred percent,
0: hundred percent. Have you seen this one, Connor? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you don't need to. That's what I'm, t- I'm saying. But it's still a fun... That's,
1: that's the vibe I'm getting.
0: Yeah, still <laughs> it's real just fun. Like, oh,
1: it's a fun little thing. Don't go out of your way.
0: <laughs> there, there are some amusing components to this, especially the the weird sort of cocaine-y thing that they Josh Harnett's character is selling in the pens that they use. As you know, there, There's a fun scene that's got a callback to the thing where he's, they're sort of testing each other one by one right. trying to find who's... You know, the, uh, you know, who's the, the alien. But, um, yeah, no, it, it's definitely better than it sounds like Connor, I think. I think it had a real <laughs> um, streak of Breakfast
2: Club in it because I remember yeah. being my, – my, my memories are a little thin on it, but I remember being surprised by how not kind of arch the, the characters were. Like they were all presented as kind of teen stereotypes, the jock, the nerd, the, the what what have you. But they all kind of revealed layers beyond that by the end of the film Definitely, um, which I thought was a good touch for a film like that. Definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. Connor, what's your pick?
1: Um, so I went for one that I hadn't seen before, uh, which was Gattaca. Nice. Um, which I have to say, I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, I I kind of, it, it goes against that, uh, what you just said, Ben, which was that after 1993, sci- um, sci-fi was kind of gripped by um CG. and I, I loved that this movie was almost entirely free of CGI um, and really uh, it it um, it depended upon the story, right? It was um, mm. a little less about the gadgetry. Um, although the sci-fi aspects to this I thought were really cool. And I loved the intro into the society. I, I just thought the the concepts in this were really awesome yeah
2: pretty pretty hard sci-fi from from recollection i remember it being very dry a long it time is, since i saying it, it is
1: quite dry um i think that you need to be in a bit of a thinking mood but i also found that you know it, it kind of lacked it, it it had a good story but it lacked some of the finesse of a good um of a good cinema uh, Someone that really understands cinema, right? Like mm. there was a couple of moments that that jumped, some conclusions that kind of got jumped, um, and and beyond that, the ending. Um, I know what they were going for, but uh, there was just something very unpleasant about the ending.
0: Yeah, but this is this is a great piece, man. I'm so glad you got a kick out of it. Um, Jude Law, Uma Thurman, Ethan Hawke, uh, a, a really really great sci-fi what was it 1997 something like that
1: 1997
0: yeah yeah i i i always have a real soft spot this film and i think the concepts and whatnot um is really got gets it over the line and 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 makes it that that interesting piece
1: it's just such a a a, a very well thought out
0: world um
1: yeah and i I just i feel like the same can't
2: really be said for the director's later effort that um Justin no. Timberlake one in time. <laughs> oh come on, dude! Although That's again, the
1: concept of in time I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, I just don't think the execution was quite there. But um, yeah, in terms of uh, this one, really solid. Again, I, I, I don't want to talk too many spoilers about the ending, but the ending just—it just—it it didn't seem like it. It needed it like there was like a little twist at the ending that I was just like, ah, oh, I get it. It looks cool. I get the sentiment, but it's just very, very unpleasant.
2: It's disappointing when you dig in a movie and um, they throw in just a little tiny extra little bit that you're like, oh, no, <laughs>
1: no, yeah. you had it. <laughs> and I was, and I was very much like, it's, it's a small thing. Like it doesn't ruin the whole film, but I just thought like, ah, oh, fuck man. Like, yeah, it, it's just it, it's trivializing something that I don't. I don't think that it should be terribly trivialized.
0: Yeah. I can't I have uh, to read up anyways, on this movie so, again. <laughs> I need to rewatch it. Mm. Yeah, I seem to remember a beach You're, or something.
1: No, um, I mean that that was like I, I liked the concept of that, but again, like the the execution was wasn't quite there. Gotcha. Um, the 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 very ending is is. Like no! It's, don't, it's tell it's me, don't tell me don't tell, of, me! don't tell me! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! what <laughs> it is. It's just George. I, I think that you'll particularly dislike it. Hell oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, just, just with um. Well, it definitely hasn't.
0: Um, sh- it hasn't. Um, you know, hurt my memory of the film because mm. I. I really. It's do. a small
1: thing, right? But I just. Gotcha. It was one of those things that I could see it happening. I was like, just don't do that.
0: And then they did don't it. Don't do that. Yeah. God damn it, Benny. You know, what's your second pick, dude?
2: Um, I watched yesterday an, an old favourite that I had not seen in like 15 years, um, Tim Burton's Mars Attacks. Oof. Um, I
1: was thinking about that. Yeah,
2: 90, 94, 95, 96, what Those have you. These designs are incredible, aren't they? Uh, yeah, so it's basically just a movie based entirely on an old like trading card set that basically just depicted a bunch of terrifying looking Martians killing humans in incredibly gruesome ways. Um, there's, there's no story to it beyond that. Uh, the story is the title, um, which is really fun. I was reading something on the AV club about it saying that uh, Tim Burton is often accused of being style over substance. Um, and for this movie, he just went entirely style, no substance, um, which isn't really unfair because it's, it's just a movie full of, um, a, a lot of huge stars from the time, um either killing or getting horrifically killed by these cgi aliens um it's one of those it, movies
1: that seems to be almost purposely made poorly but in like such a fantastic way that you're like yeah i'm on board
2: yeah it's an absolute it's b-movie schlock it's and I, I think it's really a great version of it um the, the the fun part is like it's the kind of movie that you'd expect to have like really crappy puppets or something but However they managed to do this, it has ILM doing some of the most revolutionary CGI uh, of the day for it, uh, a lot of which really holds up. Um, and you mentioned the designs of the of the aliens, it's so great. Um, and Frank Welker, uh, the most probably prolific voice actor of all time, does that, that cackling voice they have, which I think is absolutely iconic. Um, I think this movie is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, man, it's been a long time since I've seen this one, but I always remember just loving those alien designs. and mm. Yeah, they're so iconic yeah, and they've and, awesome. and got a real retro mm. kind of throwback vibe to it that was very unique. Mm. I'd really
2: forgotten how mm. gruesome this movie was as well. Pierce Brosnan just, well, literally gets cut to pieces um, yeah, but is kept alive all. as like a little head hanging from a from a gizmo.
0: It's so weird. You sold it to me. How good mm. Final pick, so I was going to do you know a pretty standard one, Dark City for me because that's one of my favorites, and definitely Great. You know listeners who haven't haven't uh, experienced the sit get on that shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, But I I wanted to bring in something a little bit different to my typical stuff and and one that I keep harping on about and I'm going to continue to because nobody's talking about this film. Um, In the Mouth of Madness from 1995. Um, Yes, it's maybe more sci-fi horror, but um, it's really, really cool, man. This is such a great piece. Uh, Sam Neill is so fantastic in this. It's got a dark ending. I'm, spoilers, maybe this will get you in the zone. It's got a dark ending. You know, this, <laughs> now I don't have to watch it. You know, like this is not your typical film. Um, it starts off, they wanted to enter Sandman as the, the theme. Um, John Carmen <laughs> did it, but they couldn't get the licensing deal. So he made his own version of Enter Sandman. That sounds dope and I put it on all the time. So it starts off with this heavy metal thing that already appeals to me. It's got an amazing concepts. It's got this Stephen King novel kind of coming to life, story, incredible practical effects and creatures, um, and an awesome performance from Sam Neill, super creepy stuff, awesome ending. What more could you want? Like what more could you want? Can't argue with that. Have either of you guys seen this?
2: No. No, but I listen to the soundtrack a lot. Um, John Carpenter is, is a fucking manch of a composer.
0: Oh, good stuff. You, you, um, he and his albums uh, are incredible. Ever-
1: Watched a movie that you've listened to the soundtrack a lot of.
0: Yeah, quite a few. But I mean, like,
1: no, no. I mean, as in listening <laughs> to the soundtrack first and then watching the film.
0: Daft Punk obviously not with, the other way around. <laughs> with with Tron, I remember getting the CD of that before wow. the film. For what? Um, for for Daft Punk, the the Tron for soundtrack. Tron, yeah, yeah. I remember like I've always loved the soundtrack, and the film kind of stinks. so (laughs) you listen to the
1: soundtrack before you watch tron yeah okay that's interesting so that movie
2: had nothing to offer at that point no no it was (laughs) um no i can't think of any really specific instances where i do that but i can i can imagine the appeal i know with um with musicals i find if you know the music on the way on the way in Mm, um it really
0: enhances the the experience yeah so yeah, cool. in the mouth of madness, spread the love, people. Get in there, and if you if you watch it, send us a message. I want to hear from you. Connor, final pick.
1: Um, my finale was uh, just straight into my childhood, um, and I watched uh, rewatched The Iron Giant. Um, oh, which we haven't uh, talked about in sci animations. Um, the uh, I don't I don't even really know what to. T- to say about this um uh, say about this movie. I know now, what I to say about deep, it yeah deeply superman. afraid man yeah superman. <laughs> superman like that <laughs> killed me i like that just um but uh i mean i'm i'm kind of terrified that the reason that i like this film is that it it is a part of my childhood um and not that it is a a good film and that's always kind of the risk with some of these films that you kind of like, how objective am I looking at this? Um, But, uh, you know, at this point I don't really care because I just, I genuinely love this movie. I think that it is one of the best depictions of a gentle giant uh, in film period. Um, It's such, such a, that scene where um, the giant uh, kind of discovers what death is, is one of the most Mm -hmm. beautiful scenes. I think it's just, yeah, it's overall spectacular. And I love the animation as well.
2: It's gorgeous. It's stunning. It's right at that that high point when um when Disney and DreamWorks were just like competing to fucking death with each yeah. other, with how good they could make these movies look. Yeah. Um, to diminishing returns, unfortunately. Um, like this movie was a massive bomb. But um, yeah, it just just outstanding stuff. I actually watched this on the big screen last year. Um, and mm-hmm. man, it that really holds up. It's it's such a great film. Um, what was really interesting was it was actually a director's cut of a movie. Um, I remember getting to some scenes and being like, "Did I miss this the first fifty <laughs> times I watched this movie? Like, did I fucking doze off?" Um, so it was really weird. But um, I
1: didn't know there was man. a director's cut of the Iron Giant.
2: Yeah, it adds just a little bit of his uh, his backstory, which is not needed um, in the film at all. But um, it, it manages to not detract from it at all. It's it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this, is, this movie's gold. This is on my list. Also
0: that your number three pick?
2: For me? Yeah. No, I have a list of like 50 movies. here. George, oh, you know oh me. right, right, right. Okay, <laughs> Some of which okay. I'm going to rattle off. <laughs> okay. um, one of my absolute favorite movies of all time is Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers, um, which Beautiful. I think as kind of a follow-up to, to his Robocop, which I really still think is a perfect film, um absolutely holds up. And I'm gonna keep mentioning ILM because once again they their effects work in Starship Troopers is some of the most stunning in film history. I think it holds up one hundred percent.
0: This was after um, Total Recall. Yeah. Um fucking I, I, I am just falling more and more in love into with um over the years mm. yeah yeah he's it a, genius. Is
1: a really spectacular film
0: i think though people don't understand the satirical edge to his pieces uh, at the time this movie yeah no one
2: no one kind of got what it was going for which is understandable because it is just unflinching in how straight based it plays it like the movie is just like full-on <laughs> fascist propaganda that goes like, it goes very over the top. Like, it's it's clear, but you can understand how people go in and just not kind of get the joke, you know? Yeah, 100%. One um, I really wanted to watch today, actually, funny that we bring him up, was um, uh, Existence with Jude Law, which Jude. I just could not oh. find anywhere. I've, I've never actually seen it.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, that's um that's a fantastic one and a much see for for both sci-fi fans, horror fans, and obviously Cronenberg fans.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, in a very different direction, I think one of the absolute peaks of, uh, of 90s cinema is uh, The Fifth Element um, with Bruce Willis. Uh, I, I think that movie just has it all. Uh, that was, yeah. in some regard, like my Star Wars growing up. Um, I, I think the, the way they realised that world is just so absolutely fantastic um, and along the same line, uh, is men in black. Um, of course. Um, but the movie, I wanted to watch something new this week. So I checked out one that I think is, uh, you're a fan of George, which was Vincenzo Natali's cube. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, slice and this, dice. <laughs> slice and dice. Yeah. Uh, watch the first two minutes of this movie and then skip the rest. Um, <laughs> cause I, it doesn't get better than that. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, this movie, you know, interesting concept. Um, Decently executed, terribly acted, um, some very odd character directions they choose to go in. Um, interesting, more as an experimental, like a student film. Uh, I, I don't think they really pulled it off, though. Um, and just a very, uh, very unnecessary, very 90s feeling depiction of um, someone who is differently abled.
0: <laughs> oh, I've forgotten that bit.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I dig Vincenzo Natale I think he's got a lot of cool ideas, and I I'm splice. Kinda, yeah, splice is cool. I love the weird directions he goes. But yeah, I, I, I made it. This movie really kind of peaks with that that opening scene um, of of a guy just kind of waking up and then suffering a, a very bad fate. Um, it was um, a, a moment that I guess was ripped off in Resident Evil, but uh, mm-hmm. not achieved In anywhere near as well.
0: Good picks, fellas. Real good picks. I'm proud of you. Um,
1: (laughs) Just before we move on, there's something interesting that no one mentioned, uh, Terminator 2. Um, I don't think The Matrix was anyone's pick either, Um, which are obviously two, uh, you'd say, juggernauts of 90s sci-fi that I at least wanted to get out there, saying that those are obviously... Well, we um, talked about The Matrix. We did talk about it, yeah.
0: Yeah. We also didn't talk about Total Recall. That was one I was going to watch. Contact. Twelve Monkeys. Uh, um, Twelve Monkeys. I wanted to rewatch. I seen that I've i also time. wanted to watch. i was I trying watched... to find
1: where you could do that. You have to buy it, though.
0: Okay, I've got it on Blu-ray. Um, I was going to watch Strange Days, which is the Catherine Bigelow one with me too. Uh, Ray Fiennes. But the hour, the the runtime's two hours thirty, and I barely Ooh, got through the trailer. <laughs> um, so I was like. <laughs> You know, I want to, but, you know, maybe it's another time. And then the other one that I was really considering was Armageddon because I've got, I think that's a dope. Oh, what a film never seen that shit <laughs> you would love you've
1: it. never seen sorry you've never oh, seen i'd love
0: armageddon
2: <laughs> no oh, way oh, you know, independence day well, i think you, you would would. mention independence day oh that's true but yeah, that I'm movie not. too
0: <laughs> can i mention as well i fucked up this week um with i was watching i was i got a i was renting um screamers which is a canadian american sci-fi film um with peter weller in it It's mm. got like the the gears that come under the ground kind of like tremors um, but like I was really not vibing it in the afternoon. So I was like, I watched this later and I paused it and then your 48 hour rentals up and I was like, <laughs> uh, so. but it was very, very interesting world building and I would like to watch it, but it was very, very dry and like, uh, I wasn't quite in the mood for it. So, um, yeah. Shout out to screamers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
1: guess.
0: Well, that was a lot of fun. Cool. Connor, what did you what, what were you uh, what were you thinking? Huh? Did you, did you, did you want to? Did, I thought you wanted did to put something out there. <laughs>
2: Apparently
0: not. No, I said cool. Oh, so doesn't that mean you want to go on to some like soliloquy? Like where you sort of break into? No, I'm kidding. Uh, so yeah, f- great suggestions, folks. Lots of fun. Let us know, everyone listening at home, what your Uh, watching in terms of 90s sci-fi and uh, hit us with a question next week. You know, we didn't get a question this week. Thanks a lot. Yeah, geez. Wow. Um, But uh, hit us up for next week. We are super keen for that. And uh, what are we going to do next week, folks?
1: Ooh. um... Someone else can pick. I'm not
2: watching any more 90s movies. 90s horror. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) What about 90s horror? 80s horror. Twenty. What about like 2019 horror? I'll give you some great picks. 2019
0: horror. 80s horror. 80s horror. 90s horror. We'll discuss it off air. (laughs) Yeah. We'll have no. no, It it has to be on air. Everyone's got to see behind closed doors. (laughs) All right. Um, You guys, you guys nominate it, and bring your
1: uh, no, no, no. Your favorite, uh, favorite Spielberg film.
0: That's tough for me. Nah, it? nah. It's really more <laughs> genre-based, dude. We're going against the concept. Oh, yeah. It can't, can't be. You? Spielberg's oh, never we'll done the sci-fi it. or anything. Um, fuck. Well, then We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out off air, Benny's right. <laughs> Listen, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Thanks for continually supporting us and uh, tuning in. If you've got any friends who like movie podcasts and, you know, need some uh, things in their ear holes, a.k.a. us – Hit a you know hit them up with a link um, we super appreciate that and uh, we'll be back next week uh, we'll be back later on in the week with creators episode one as I mentioned with our boy Dane Hallett. we'll be back next week with another quarantine episode Thank you Benny and Connor you're the best gotcha bye everybody bye